are we're not stuck. I mean, here's the thing is, is everything that anybody does is a choice, but it's an individual choice. And again, when when Chloe says again, they're very strong and powerful things like I do what I want. I have my choice. That doesn't mean that I don't. I mean, I have those same privileges. Like I choose to make my own choices too, and everything that and has I don't happened. Control him. Exactly right. Again, so allow again, bless her heart. Chloe is very uh, outgoing and, and strong-willed, and, and it's brilliant and beautiful and bombastic and overpowering at, at times too. But again, I I would offer that that does not mean that I don't hold those same liberties, that I don't have those same choices as well. For those of yeah. You who are listening that hear this, this is not just a one-sided conversation. It never has been and will never will be. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 89. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an episode, an interview actually, with Chloe and Drew. A couple reached out to us, and they have a super cute and fun story. Cute and fun? Yeah, of course. I was going to say... First of all, how about that intro? <laughs> I know, pretty epic intro. So I, I realize actually we we I love the intro. It is a little long. Well, it's a little long, but so here's here's sort of the backstory on that is throughout this interview, uh, you will probably at times find yourself thinking that one or the other is bullying the other one. Yeah. And the thing that you can't really see is the thing that we saw, which is the when when they were doing this interview, uh, we were on video, and they basically were just staring at each other the whole time. Like it was the amount of compassion that they have for each other is is hard to translate to just yeah. audio. Then that's why I said cute and fun because they were very cute throughout this whole interview. They were staring at each other and had deep. Well, that's the connection thing. with each other. This it's a super super powerful uh, interview, and I think people will will hopefully get a ton out of this. Um, and I just we wanted everyone to hear that piece because it happens pretty late in the interview, and it really gives context to everything that we talk about. A couple other quick notes: uh, it does get really confusing in the first like ten to fifteen minutes, like the timeline. But I do ask a question, and then I give a really good pat on the back. Like pat, pat on the back. Pat, pat on myself pat on the back. Pat yourself here. on the back. But or? I give a really good summary of the timeline. So if you're confused, just hold on just a little longer. It will unravel, and you will understand it all. Okay. La- last disclaimer. I'm sorry that I keep rambling here, but last disclaimer. We are, as we've mentioned before, still ironing out, well, we've pretty much ironed out the audio issues we've had with the new service we're using, but this interview was recorded a little while ago, and we hadn't totally fixed everything. So some things that you might pick up here that I've pretty much smoothed out was some some undulating volume issues on our end, and uh, basically when we both talk, like if, if 
they're laughing and we're laughing or there's a handoff. Sometimes it gets a little murky. Other than that, the audio is pretty much crystal clear and it, it came out really good. So we apologize for any audio issues. We are working on it and we appreciate your patience. And we are working to make sure all of the episodes moving forward are the best audio quality. We always want to keep that in mind. But we are limited also by, you know, having to do these all these interviews or almost all of them remotely. So now things that you should also know. First off, I get to talk for a minute because you've been talking a lot. Good. Finally. <laughs> I was hoping you would um, jump in. A couple of quick announcements. We had our very first meet and greet in New York City on October 3rd, last Thursday, and we had 15 people show up, and everyone was amazing, got along great, and we had so much fun meeting and chatting with everyone, so thank you to anyone who showed up. And a huge special thank you to the two listeners who helped us uh, find the venue and put it on. Yes, so you know who you are. Yeah, I think they do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we also have two more meet and greets coming up. The first one is in Boston on October 18th. That's next week. That's yep. one week from tomorrow. It's no, it's a Friday, hon. That's, that's one week from Friday. <laughs> And then we have one in Toronto on October 26th, which is a Saturday, but it's in the afternoon, so it will not impact any Halloween plans you have that night. It will be your Halloween plans, though. Yes. So for information and to RSVP for either of those meet and greets, please go to our websites on website under the event page and sign up. Last last big announcement, we do have our Q&A that we've been doing for Patreon people next week. Wednesday. Next Wednesday, a week from today. We're doing two of them at 9 p.m. Eastern and 9 p.m. Pacific time. So That's October 16th. You, and You can more... be on both of them if you want. Yeah. It was just a way to make it more accessible to the West Coast people, but you're, you're welcome or to be. Or people all over the world, I guess. Different time zones. That too. Sorry. I didn't mean to be exclusionary. <laughs> but for more information on that, go and sign up for our Patreon. More information all that's all online. The other quick thing on the internet, yeah, on our website. The other quick thing we wanted to mention is that we also have a lot of resources on our website. So, our website is normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and there's a lot of information there, including resources such as custom fit condoms, STI testing, well, lingerie. Discounts on, yeah, discounts on all these things yeah, that right. we've, we've gotten from the, from the people who provide these services. So, Check them all out. Yeah, it's discounts on condoms, uh, free subscription trials on different websites. So check it out. We appreciate it. There's tons of stuff there. There's lots of free stuff there as well. Just awesome resources that we try to make available. And uh, if you know of any good ones, let us know about them. And if you've used any of these, there's a little contact us page as well where you can send a little audio recording and let us know what you thought. Yeah, we'd love to hear from anybody who's used any of the resources and what they thought. All right. Let's go listen to Chloe and Drew blow people's minds. Yes. Let's go. Well, welcome. Chloe and Drew to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making some time getting your kids to bed finally, it sounds like. Well, actually not to bed. They're watching Ice Age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. Well, hey, that'll buy us a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Well, thanks for, yeah, thanks for coming on and for reaching out to us via email and for listening to the show. We appreciate it. You shared a little bit in your email that you have a pretty uh, eclectic story. It sounds like you've you've done a lot of different things in the in the non-monogamy sphere. So we're excited to hear about some of those. Maybe before we do, though, do you yeah. mind telling us who you are? Who are yeah, Drew and Chloe? Introduce yourselves a little bit, please. Yeah. Um, so I am uh, Chloe, and I am um, I don't know. I, I I work in cybersecurity, which is uh, an interesting male-dominated field, and so. Uh, my profession does not go well with the, my lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm the more bombastic of the two of us, much more outspoken, and definitely the one who um, brought the lifestyle stuff to our relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is Drew, and again, she says bombastic and outgoing. That might be an understatement. Um, <laughs> We, uh, we've always been described, I guess, as opposites. But, you know, I think as long as things, you know, we communicate and things are working out, we've just kind of pushed toward this direction and we really are actually enjoying it. Yeah, he's yeah. more resilient than I am and um, was much more traditional. From yeah. Well, there's the whole thing of opposites attract too, right? <laughs> Thank goodness. My dad describes us as salt and pepper because you compliment each other, but I always tell him I'm salt because like everyone likes salt better. (laughs) Well, we we still like you, Drew. (laughs) I don't go on many dishes, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And and so to give people an idea, you are in your thirties, I'm gonna guess. Late twenties. 30s late 20s yeah Yeah. i'm 27 he's 28 right and you've been together how long uh over 11 years now we (laughs) were high school sweethearts we started dating when i was 16 we were friends before that and we started dating when i was 16 and you were 17 yeah so you know uh high school sweethearts as you might imagine one thing led to another and uh he got stuck with me okay fair You, f- you forced him into it. I actually did. <laughs> That's the, when we started dating, I told him he had to ask me out. So uh, All right. not only on the first date, but I told him he had to ask me to be his girlfriend too. Okay. Yeah, personality comes out early, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so I would imagine the, the question of who brought up non-monogamy is an easy one to answer, but we'll ask it anyway. She already answered that. She yeah, told us. Yeah, I missed. I did not miss that. That did not happen. Yeah, she said it. <laughs> yeah, so I brought it up. Um, actually, it came about. Um, we were we were monogamous for several years, and then we had um an interesting um since we so we started dating so young that we had an interesting transition into adulthood, and um early on in our marriage, we had our oldest daughter. And, um, she passed away, which caused some, um, distance between us to grow. And for, for about a year and a half, we just grew apart and grew apart. And I had an emotional affair with someone else. And at that time I knew that I loved him and, um, I knew that I loved Drew 
And um, I was also in love with this other person. And I, I approached him one night and I told him, you know, hey, I'm in love with this other person. I want to make it work with you, but I can't do this anymore. And I said, let me know by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning if uh, you want to make it work. If not, we will work together. We'll co-parent. We will uh, be best friends, but I can't do whatever this is anymore. And that motherfucker waited until 7.50 in the morning <laughs> to let me know that he wanted to make it work. And so we kind of discussed, started discussing like what that meant to us. And at that point, it was at that point I realized for the first time in my life that I could love more than one person at a time. And um, it was confusing. It was really hard because I thought that if I loved this other person, I couldn't love Drew and vice versa. And so it was a very big learning experience for me and us. And it became kind of the gateway entry to that discussion of lifestyle stuff and non-monogamy and what exactly that would look like for us as a couple. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think that, again, at that time, it was, you know, our communication had fall had fallen so, so far. Um, well, it sounds like you went through a lot at a very young age, which yeah. is not easy. So, yeah, unfortunately so. But, but again, nonetheless, like, you know, we're here now and we are the people now that we are because of what has happened. Yeah, you know? and, exactly. And, yeah. And so, uh, like I said, we went through that time and, and we didn't communicate. We weren't talking. We, we might as well really have been roommates, you know, and, um, but, um, for me personally, when, when she finally was able to communicate that, you know, she had fallen for someone else. I mean, that was, um, kind of a fire that, that lit me back into reality. That was, Hey, I, I'm messing this up really bad right now. I'm something has to change immediately or it might be time to walk away. And that was obviously one of the more difficult decisions. And each of us had to, I think, go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously inevitably we decided to start that conversation and to continue fighting for not only each other, but, um, for ourselves. you know, moving forward in our own happiness. Um, so we got back to working on us and got back to a place of, you know, um, stability and communication and, and, and love. Yeah, I would say we took about, so from that point, the individual that I had an affair with actually remained in our lives for um, about a year afterwards. And he, you know, he knew our kids and um, he, he and Drew knew or had conversations and discussed very lightly because um, at that point they weren't friends, but Drew had approached him at one point and even shook his hand and said, thank you, because if it wasn't for you, um, my marriage would have ended. And so that was kind of like the start. And eventually that person did fade out of our lives, but we started really talking at that point. And we had had so much to go through at such a young age that when, um, when this came up, we didn't know what exactly our marriage was going to look like. We knew what traditional marriage was supposed to look like. And we are originally from South Dakota. And so that's a very... Um, Conservative, very yeah. proper, traditional. Everybody kind of follows the same guidelines, yeah. let's say. And so, you know, I'm from a conservative military family and Drew is from a um, very proper, well-to-do yeah. family. <laughs> and so... 
we knew what was expected of us and we weren't sure if that was going to work because it obviously ended up not working so far for us. So at that point, we decided to not only start the journey of our relationship and what mm-hmm. that looks like, but that started the journey about us as individuals too. Mm-hmm. And um, learning how to take responsibility for our own happiness. And that was a whole new concept <laughs> because, you know, you hear the fairy tale of like, you know, he makes me happy and like, he's all I need and blah, blah, blah. And that just wasn't the case because I needed the person I was to understand who that was. And then I needed him to take responsibility for his stuff because I couldn't do that. And we just kind of started sorting that through. And that was a few years ago. (laughs) And it's been a long process, but we decided that instead of couples therapy, what we would do is we would do individual because we didn't know how to talk to each other. So we did and still do individual therapy. And um, we do it very regularly to ensure that we're communicating. But when we started talking about um, Mm non-monogamy, I was like, oh, that sounds like so much fun. I love it. Like, love everything about it. I get to love different people. I get to have sex with everyone. Like, woohoo. And, and he was terrified. Very true. <laughs> so, so, I'll say, Drew, how did you, how, she said you were terrified. How did, yeah. I guess, can you expand on that a little bit? What, what were you yeah. feeling when she brought that up? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, the, your stereotypical guy response. Oh yeah. You mean there's more, Yeah, you know, there's a free pass, all the fun, you know, little cliches or whatever, you know, again, being, being raised in a very traditional sense. And, and obviously at this point, you know, in hindsight, socially, it's obviously very, you know, encouraged to be monogamous and, and it is, let's just say the norm. Um, It was something that obviously I grew up believing it was, so I didn't know what to do. I didn't understand, you know, why, why do you need that? You know, why am I not good enough? I mean, there was obviously all the, all the initial insecurities and, and, um, breaking of, you know, is this, does this mean you want out? Does this mean you're not in love with me? Societal conditioned response. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I mean, you're again, that's the way to put it. You're, you're conditioned to respond as though it's a negative. Thankfully enough, again, at this point, we've had the opportunity to communicate and to work past those types of things. But that that is absolutely the initial terror and, and something that I would offer to anybody who is, um, you know, approaching the lifestyle in any way is... That's you know, normal. <laughs> it's normal, yeah. You're supposed to be... It, I mean, there, at, at there are certain conditions that it they're hard to shake. I mean, yeah. and we still... And, you know, a couple of years into it now, we still have those times where we have to sit down and, and express each other. I, uh, I read this book, um, creating and sustaining an open relationship. And, um, I absolutely loved it. And what I did is I sat down and I like highlighted everything and made notes and stuff. And we made like marriage contract and stuff with a bajillion boundaries. Yeah. And, it that when we were doing all of this, like again, there there came so many questions that like I would be in the shower and he would walk into the bathroom and just be like, open the open the shower curtain. What about this? What like what do you think about this? Is should we put this in the contract? And he would like have it there, like a notebook there, ready to write things down. And I was like, 
I don't care. Yeah, do what you want. Like, that's fine. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, you can't spend this many hours with somebody. You can't X, Y, and Z. And this was at the very beginning, right? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Thankfully that we've surpassed that. So we wanted to, we decided when we were finally like, I told him one day, we do a date night every week, just the two of us. And uh, when we were on our date night one week, I said, okay. We've been talking about this for a couple of years now. Yeah. And I said, so either we pull the trigger or we let it go because we, we're just talking this to death now. We're coming up with scenarios that will probably never happen. And it's just not, not in a good place. Yeah. It's just not feasible. Yeah. And so we, he was like, okay, let's, let's pull the trigger. And at that point in time, we we're from a smaller community that was very <laughs> limiting yeah. and um, you have to keep everything like that under wraps. And so we were like, well, where do we even start with this? Like, I don't know. And so we got online and I was doing some Googling and joined a website. We found out about SLS. And up until this point, you hadn't done any of that. You had just been talking about it and reading some books. We had been stuff. talking about it, listening to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We had been uh, research, you know, research, 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 because that's like, that's part of my job. Like, right. and so I would research things until like they're dead. And yeah. But you hadn't signed up and started meeting people at all. No, no, no. that was way out of his boundaries. And yeah. um, so I figured if we were going to do it, we were going to take it slow. Yeah. And, and so at that point we signed up for SLS and um, I was like obsessed with it for like the first, like, <laughs> I was just obsessed. Like I was on there like all day at work and it actually, I didn't realize I was connected to the guest Wi-Fi at work and it got banned. (laughs) And so like I was on it 24 seven and we met a couple on there that ended up to not be a real couple, Um, but we met a fake couple on there that was just like totally cool. They were awesome. Whoever was pretending to be them, like they piqued my interest. Um, but yeah, so we had Wait, that. How did, just, just before we move on, how did you find out they were fake just for people who, um, they ghosted, they ghosted, oh. deleted their account. And then yeah. another like couple created, <laughs> you yeah. know, they would like oh, cycle yeah. through different accounts. Yeah. We were like, what? This looks like the same thing. Just a fake account. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was, but it was so interesting. Again, it was kind of our first experience, you know, and so right. we got a taste of what that was like. It's horrible. <laughs> So like, we were like, Oh my gosh, like we met a couple right away. This is going to be great. So we set up a time to go on a date. We got a babysitter. We were like in it to win it. Right. (laughs) Um, and then they ghosted. And, and then we were like, oh, well, maybe something happened. And of course, I'm sitting here like, I always give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, maybe they got into a car accident. <laughs> then like, again, when, when the account deletion and recreation and everything like kept happening, we were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is. And then when we met other couples in the lifestyle, we found out that's how we like got it solidified. They were like, oh, yeah, that's a fake account. Like, uh, okay, okay. I have... About a thousand questions. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so going way back, you so your your move from an emotional affair to 
like just coming out and telling Drew about it. I think, I think that maybe even would have taken people a little off guard that usually the way that an affair comes to light or that we've ever seen or heard is, you know, either somebody finds out or they confess and say like, I've been doing this. I don't want to do it any longer. I'm, you know, I'm here. Let's make this work. And you kind of came at it a different way, which was like, here's what I've been doing. We either need to, like, you won't put an ultimatum on your, on your spouse and said like, I'm, I'm basically not giving this up. So we need to find a way to make it work. And I think that's a little jarring. And I am interested to hear like on, on your perspective, then drew, like, how do you, how did you come to a decision by 7.50 the next morning? Yeah. Seven fucking fifty. So, yeah. In all honesty, it was it was a it was a semi ultimatum, but in a way, um, it wasn't necessarily that it involved the lifestyle. It was between us. You know, what I mean, it wasn't it wasn't I need to do this, so you have to be okay with it, or else. Yeah, we didn't know what the lifestyle was. Yeah. It was more like you and I are really struggling. It was again, in a way, it was it was kind of that confession piece, like you know, coming downstairs and say, "Hey, yeah, I've I've been doing this," and and that was hard. And again, it it kind of has that portion or the aspect of it, but it was more like you and I. We've grown so far apart that if you and I are going to be successful, and if you and I are going to fix things something has to change and it didn't necessarily revolve at that moment around, you know, non-monogamy that we knew. Yeah. It didn't actually, at that point, I wasn't even sure if this person and I were going to continue. It, It was just that like, I realized I was laying in bed and I realized, and this had been going on for a couple months and, and he would travel for business and then this partner would come over and stay for a few days and everything. And it's surprising now looking back at it, that like physical stuff wasn't involved, but, uh, like I was laying in bed and I realized like, I am in love with this person, but I still love Drew and I still want my life with Drew. And we had our middle daughter at that time. And, um, you know, I, I was laying in bed and I was like, what, what can I do about this? Because again, this is all foreign concepts to me. Like it, it just baffled me. And I was laying in bed and I figured out, you know what, it's not just my decision. Um, it's our decision. And that if I wanted to have any type of life with him, I had to be honest and open. And that's really where open relationship comes to us is we don't like, when we talk about our relationship being open, we talk about it in sense of communication Mm -hmm. and like, yes, sexuality and whatnot is definitely a part of our relationship and, and open sexuality with other partners. However, the main thing about an open relationship to us really became at that point in time, like, I want to be able to tell you everything, every thought in my head, every feeling I have, and I want to be able to make this work with you. And I couldn't do that without him knowing like how my feelings were towards this person. And I didn't want that person out of my life, but I I didn't know what other way to go about it. And I knew that laying in bed by myself, trying to figure it out was not going to work. So, (laughs) so I, drug my butt out of bed and went downstairs and talked. <laughs> yeah. And so the, so the ultimatum wasn't necessarily, I, 
I need to be with this other person. And so Drew, you have to figure out how to let that happen. It was, we as a marriage are not doing well. Yeah. That's, that's what we need to figure out. And this other person was sort of a catalyst to put the spotlight on that. hundred percent. I think that you worded that perfectly. Um, and again, doubling back on what Chloe was saying earlier is, you know, we, we inevitably thanked this individual because I mean, we were only growing further and further apart yeah. and, and I was not being the support that she needed. I, I didn't know how to communicate again. We weren't communicating you know, the support had kind of fallen between the two of us and this individual had taken that place. And, you know, if I can't be there, of course, then, you know. You... And yeah, that was something you expressed to me earlier on too. You said when we finally talked about it, like in, in real raw detail, um, he had, Drew had said to me that uh, he said, you know, I asked Michael, why'd you thank him? And he said, because anyone who is willing to love and support you when I wasn't able to is somebody that I will always think. And I was just like, well, holy shit, I'm the worst wife in the entire fucking world. <laughs> but I came to understand that what you, because when we did, you know, how to open up our relationship and we talked about the differences. Cause like, first of all, stumbling upon what the lifestyle was, was mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is to then, then all the labels, all the labels that were in it. And it was so confusing. And I was like, are we this? Are we this? What are we? I don't know what we're doing. What if we don't fit in the scope of this? Can we do this? What if our relationship isn't there? And, and then it became a, a realization thing. We didn't want the same things in the lifestyle either initially. Um, and we still don't know, actually. We, our preferences change based on how we are developing as individuals. Um, like right now, for instance, Drew would be more interested in having a girlfriend and um, I would be more interested in just having like fuck buddies, <laughs> like no strings attached. And before it was split. He wanted, you know, that friends with benefits type of deal. And I wanted a relationship and it just depends on our personal growth. But um, when uh, Drew and I started this journey, it was interesting because so after this fake couple there was a couple that was friends of ours and he had major interest in the in the way and I was like cool yeah she's great I love her and uh he was like well how about you get with her husband and I was like I don't know if I'm really interested in him I don't think I'm that interested and he was like but I'm really interested in her and at that point I was like you know what I am going to take one for the team because I really want to get this off the ground. So yeah, let's do it. And, and so we it like kind of like put the seed out there that we were open and that we were interested. And um and these were just regular friends, right? Regular yeah. friends. Yeah, this wasn't people on the website. No, not at all. So the, we had big leap of faith. Yeah, we had no idea if um if they were gonna be interested or not. And then so we ended up going on a trip with these friends, and Drew and this girl ended up not connecting because unbeknownst to us, um they were in a non-monogamous relationship, but she was in a monogamous relationship with another person, and her and her husband were no longer 
um, actually together. And the husband and I actually ended up hitting it off phenomenally. And we ended up dating for about five months. And it was a major pain point for Drew because not only did he have to deal with um, this girl and him not working out, but he had to deal with me and the husband um, working out so working out real well. <laughs> and so, um, and this was your first experience ever, too. Yeah, like outside of the affair that you had. Well, and, and real quick before before we dive into this, I was curious. Then, after you divulged the the emotional affair. Did you then pursue that other person like as a boyfriend? Like, was that relation relationship allowed to continue? Or well, at, at that point, no. Um, we decided that we needed to focus on us. Right. And um, I still loved this person, and that's why I said I still want this person to be a friend mm-hmm. and be a big part of my life. Right. Um, Andrew was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Or Drew tolerated that. <laughs> um, and and uh, like this other person actually had started dating somebody else, which talk about like, oh gosh, not, not good. And so I was going through this breakup with this person, trying to keep them in my life as a friend. And Drew was trying to comfort his wife going through this while trying to like be a good husband and feel validated in himself. And it was just a shit show. And that was the first shit show, I think. Right. Out of many. Several. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you, so you, you came out about the emotional affair and then you kind of, that, that relationship sort of subsided and then you figured you kind of closed your relationship back up, figured yeah. your stuff out, and then you discovered swinging and SLS and yeah. had the fake couple, and then a non-lifestyle couple that turned out to be sort of in the non-monogamy world. Oh my gosh, so, the tangled web. So complicated, yeah. I was just trying to do the quick quick summary yeah, for anybody yeah, yeah. who was... And then this, and then this we've, couple, we've she, hit it, she hit it off with, but he didn't. Okay, so now... Yeah. So now Drew was interested in the woman and that didn't work out, but it worked out really well with, with Chloe and the other guy. Mm-hmm. So we were left the, where Drew was having, you had to navigate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's, um, it's something that, you know, <sighs> it's something. So like he was, he struggled a lot with it. And because at that point in time, we'd originally gone into this wanting to be swingers. Right. And together. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, was going to be a coupled activity. And that kind of eased his fears about emotions. And so when he didn't hit it off, but I did, it was like we talked about it because I was like, well, it, is it so okay? Like I hit it off. What am I supposed to do now? You know? And he was like, okay, yeah, no, we'll make an exception for this once. Um, and he was like, so uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And so I was like, okay, and keep in mind, um, Drew and I are high school sweethearts. So I hadn't had sex with anyone in years. Same thing. Um, and, <laughs> um, besides him, obviously. Uh, but 
but so this person was the first person that I was intimate with after, you know, after being with Drew for since we're, you know, 16. And so, uh, the first night that I went over, um, I was so nervous about that part of it. Cause I knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. And, um, Drew had me take shots to lose. <laughs> okay. You wanted to take shots. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, anyway. but yeah, so then at that point, um, it really took a turn and Drew got really jealous. Very true. And um, he felt very left out. I think that, uh, and again, to, to kind of progress, you know, through time, it was, it was just another learning experience for us. You know, I mean, again, a young couple new to the lifestyle, just trying to grow and develop and, and figure things out. You know, um, again, to recap, we started off all these rules, uh, guidelines, you know, um, kind of shifted into, you know, attempted let, swinging. Att- sure. We attempted. And then it mm-hmm. ended up being singles. And then we went back to swinging. Right. Um, and had a couple of inner, had a couple of full swaps with, um, a couple of different couples. Mm-hmm. But again, the, you know, the idea is we, we changed, we grew, we were continuing to develop. And I think that even now we're continuing to do the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think it's, it's, I mean, first of all, the jealousy is not, I mean, it's, there's never anything wrong with that. Right. I mean, that's natural. No, it's normal in, emotion. And I, and I would especially say like, based on how like you kind of got into it, it's, it's definitely fair. Right. I mean, it, coming out of a sort of an infidelity of sorts like mm-hmm. that's that's not an easy thing to navigate and the fact that you were able to navigate that and like you said thank thank the person and be thankful for what that happened well, you know what that did to your relationship i mean i think that's light years ahead of where a lot of people could ever oh yeah dream to be um well, and again i think that so much of our journey you know from start to finish, you know, from when we started dating to that point in time to where we are now, everything that we have done or everything that we've really worked on is one communication, but indirectly adaptability, right? Like we need to be able to change. We need to be able to grow. I mean, we can't just stay with this one practice over and over and over, you know? Right. And we kind of got to the point where, um, like, like I said earlier, it, our relationship is constantly changing based on who we are. And we had to adapt that to lifestyle stuff as well, because um, what would work one month might not work the very next month or the next week or whatever, you know, kind of give you a quick progression of things. Uh, We did those couple full swaps, went back to the single because those swaps weren't really, they they weren't great experiences. We weren't um, connecting with the couple as well. And, um, so went back to singles with that same partner I'd had before and, um, ended very badly. And, um, we, um, at that point decided to close our relationship, um, for a while. We knew eventually that we would open back up again, but we needed to close and we decided to move. We decided to move, pick up and move out of the Midwest into a place that was more our vibe and agreed with our practices and everything, because I was so, um, I knew that the lifestyle was something I wanted to keep as part of it because it was helping me 
work through so many emotions. I mean, I stopped dating when I was 16. So when I started back in the lifestyle dating again, I went right back to being a 16 year old mindset. And I had to work through all of those different things and it helped me mature in a lot of different ways. And, um, same thing with Drew, you know, he went back to his societal conditioning of, you know, like he would constantly fight with himself. He'd be like, no, I agree with this. This is exactly like, I get it. This is where I want to be like, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, he would not vibe with somebody the way he wanted and he would get upset and be like, well, why am I looking elsewhere when I have exactly what I want at home? You know? And, um, it was just changing. So we closed our relationship down for seven months about mm-hmm. well we really worked i recovered from my breakup and um we worked more on our communication and did a lot of self-reflecting and everything and then when we were ready to open up again um i said to him hey um you know i don't have anybody in mind right now but i would like to start flirting with people that makes me feel sexy it makes me feel alive like I love that aspect of it. It was like, okay, yeah, I'm good with that. Flirting's great. And, and you had moved at this point too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so again, new life, new jobs, new place. And so again, we kind of started over and, and mm-hmm. when we, you know, you kind of take it from the top and you start at the, at the basics, you know, just something as simple as what is know, flirting? What is flirting? Yeah. Trying to define, you know, does that include sending nudes? <laughs> <laughs> like specifying those different things and then um, about a month into it I said I'm ready to take it to the next step I would like to discuss um, kissing people and he was like okay um yeah I guess I'm fine with that and again we had a discussion we had a long discussion about it and so that happened and um then you know about a month later um, it was, I would like to go a little bit further. And then it was like, okay, well, everything's okay in game up until sex. And sex is still not on the table. You can do whatever the F else your little heart desires, <laughs> but not sex yet. And he had, he just was, I, I said, you know, I'm not to the point where I want sex yet again. Like I'm not ready yet, but I am ready to take little baby steps back into the lifestyle. And he was like, okay, great. I'm not ready to let that happen. Like in our relationship right now, because it would have negative impacts on me right now. And, um, thank you for understanding that. And then, um, you know, we started talking again about a month later (laughs) and it, it was actually just what last week where I approached you and said, I'm ready to have sex with other people again. Mm-hmm. And, um, he said, okay. And I said, how do you feel about that? Are you ready to have sex with other people again? And he said, yeah, I think I am. And he said, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested in, you know, trying to pursue, see if we can find a couple that we vibe with and individual relationships and, and, you know, just really having a true open relationship, but again, focusing on the open communication you know, right now I have a friends with benefits and, um, Drew is having some flirt game and Tinder game, and (laughs) but you know, it's, I, I have a a friends with benefits for myself. And then we still want to have, um, you know, a couple that, cause like, again, the friends with benefits is not somebody that I want a relationship with. 
Um, and it would be lovely to have a couple that we could vacation. I feel like instead of unicorns, we don't want a unicorn. We want a unicorn couple. Like, <laughs> like and so, I mean, it's, it's, hard though, because it's hard enough to find two people that vibe together and, you know, can say like, yeah, we're both either, you know, single or in an open marriage. And we know the deal and we know what's on the table and you have kids and you have your life and all of these things. And you have to respect all of those boundaries and stuff, but you know, we're going to add two more people and do that. And so we really want to find, I think that's our like ultimate goal is to find like one or two couples that we like really just vibe with Mm -hmm. and we get to find them attractive. Also find like, like having (laughs) your genitals and your brain. (laughs) There's there's a lot, there's a lot to do there. I mean, like it's hard. (laughs) This is my point, (laughs) but it's not impossible. No. And, and that's the other thing is, uh, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to be realistic. <laughs> no, it is, it, it is possible. It's just, it is very hard. And like you, like, cause you, you did experience it, right? You found these people that you thought when you first approached your friend, like it seemed like that could be them. And then it was, you know, two out of the four hit it off. And there's sometimes where three out of the four or it's just, there's really to get, I mean, everybody has to like everybody and that's, and that's not an easy thing to pull Mm -hmm. off. So no, I was listening to your guys' podcast from a couple of weeks ago and you guys had a foursome on there. And I was just like, I hate you a little bit (laughs) 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 and I'm envious of that situation. But, um, but then it kind of made me feel a little bit better when they were like, Oh, we're going to have to spend some time apart. And I was just like, you have to deal with the rest of us. <laughs> well, they'll be they'll be happy to know that you are reveling in their pain. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, but everybody goes through the same thing, you know what I mean? And they were just fortunate enough to find something that they, you know, they vibe with. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. And and that's the other thing too. So like, I know Drew has had some he had some negative feelings because he has always been like a little self-conscious and been like, Oh my gosh, you're so out of my league. Like blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't help that like, um, like he would take me to his work and introduce me. He'd be like, Oh, this is my wife. And one person actually goes, Oh, I didn't expect that. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, she's just like really pretty. And I just wouldn't have figured you were with her. And I was like, oh, ouch. And I was like, I think he is very handsome. And she's like, yeah, but you're out of his league. And I'm like, okay, well. Clearly not. I said, I have a different definition of leagues than you do. And like, I'm one of those people who I find like, honestly, you don't have to be the most beautiful supermodel ever you have to have like a beautiful mind and a beautiful heart and like i will find you attractive if you have those things and like you make me feel a certain way if you make me fall in love with who i am when i'm around you then that's what i fall in love with and like so he was like super self-conscious and um he goes, it's so much easier for women. It's just so much easier because, you know, and he goes, all these guys, like we land the one that we're like, yeah, she's way out of my league. I'm lacking it down. He's like, and then he goes, you get a weird wife. That's like, oh yeah, let's just 
I'll have sex with random people and orgies and everything. He goes, and most guys would be like, yeah. And I'm sitting here like, shit, I already thought I locked it down. (laughs) (laughs) We had like a a very um, uh, kind of trouble navigating that for a while and still does like he he got bumble and tinder and whatever i don't know how those things all work but he had said you know you should try it too for women because i have like a horrible lesbian radar but i like women and like so i feel like i flirt with women all the time but i'm like so they're probably just straight and think that i'm like oh hi like it's nice to see you so i have a horrible lesbian radar and um so he's like just use it for women so get on using it for women. And I have it for about three hours. Haven't checked it. And, um, I get home and he's had it for a couple of weeks and, um, or like a week. Yeah. And, uh, he goes, how many people like you? And I was like, I don't know. And he goes, no, no, no. Like you can see the little number up there. How many people like you? And I go, Oh no, I know. I know that, but it stops counting. It just says 99 plus. And he goes, really? Really? And I go, how many do you have? It yours says 99 plus two. And he goes, mine's up 14. <laughs> well, hey, that's <laughs> double. That's not what I meant to do. Like, I was not trying to be a brat, but like, he was just like, no, yeah, like it just stops counting. <laughs> he was so irritated with me. And I was like, you said that this was like fine. So he had, um, Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, an interesting time with that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think so. First of all, I think that's a common phenomenon. Oh, uh, yeah. Not, it's not because she's out of your league. So, for, for the listeners who, who don't, who don't know, <laughs> Drew left to go put the kids to bed, but he's back now. Yeah. I, yes. So, that's all right. she's, she's the one you want to talk to. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But I think, I think it's very common. Like that? It is. It, it's common that there's an imbalance, right? Between like men and women on dating apps. It's just there's never gonna be no. parody right there, right? <laughs> and so but I think to take that personally is a like so we were on okay Cupid for like what a month, maybe. Yeah. And I did all the things that people say to do, you know, write a message about what you see in their profile, all the, all the tips and tricks. Right. And I think like one person wrote me back, not to say it was like 50 that I wrote, but like you had like a dozen plus people like contacting you within like a day. <laughs> right. And it's, so, harder for, it's harder for guys because yeah. it's so easy you don't want a creeper like you don't want somebody who's going to violate your privacy your like safety that's a huge thing too and like i said you know when we had those full swaps one of them um really nice couple yeah um but uh they uh, i i like rougher sex and he does not that's one of my kinks and he um the the partner was absolutely happy to do that and he ended up going a little bit too too far far, and i screamed in pain and um drew stopped immediately and just was like what the fuck is going on here and he was like i couldn't concentrate the rest of the time i was so worried about your safety and he was like imagine if you had been alone like he's like that just haunts me like if somebody were to hurt you and i wasn't there to like protect you and so like with, with those dating apps and everything, 
of course, like girls get more stuff because there's so many creepy dudes. Whereas like, yeah. not saying that there's not creepy women, right? but we're just like, we're easier. You don't find out we're fucking weird until like three months in, you know? <laughs> well, and I, and I think the, the other part to that equation is just physically, right? It is way safer for a man to go meet a woman than it is for a woman to go meet a man, right? Like if you if if you, Chloe, were to meet somebody and decide you really wanted to have sex with them and they were like, No, I'm not really interested, like the chances of you overpowering Drew to force him to have sex with you are pretty low. I mean, just physically looking at the size difference between the two of them. Yeah, he's six five, I'm five three. And so like I mean, it's different, but at the same token, like I have what I like to call small dog syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm that chihuahua that thinks I'm the German shepherd. And (laughs) But you're still in. But yeah. And so with him though, he sees that and he's like, I don't want her to get hurt because I do like rougher sex. And I do like, you know, pushing those boundaries a little bit. And he he gets very worried about that. And like my friends with benefits right now, you've actually never met him. Mm. Um, but I, I met him and, um, I met him through an organic means, not like online or anything like that. It was my, it's my chiropractor. Um, (laughs) but like, you know, I met him and, and talked to them for quite a while before, you know, anything ever happened. And it just kind of slowly evolved into that. And so Drew feels a lot better about it, knowing like, Hey, I have, not only do I like know where this person lives, because that's a, that's something that you have to, you know, do, but uh, I know where they work. I know their name. I can Google them. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and I think that also goes back to your point earlier about like when when Drew's coworker was surprised that you would be with him, like for you, it's way more about meeting somebody and getting to know that person as a whole, not yeah. just finding their picture on Bumble or yeah. Tinder. It's yeah. it's so much more than that. And it it's there's probably a physical aspect, but there's also just so something much deeper than that that you you can't just get with swiping right or right. Well, and again, like, I think that people, I'm such a hippie. I think that people are beautiful from the inside out. Like I, I don't really have a type, um, aside from you have to be taller than me. (laughs) Uh, you you never know, (laughs) but you don't have to be taller than Drew, right? Right. Yeah. That would be ginormous. Um, but, But like, I I don't have a type because I am one of those people that like, I just, I love minds and hearts. And when somebody does something that attracts me that way, that's when I become very physically male or female interested in them. Mm -hmm. And actually like, I didn't even figure out, like, I knew I always liked girls, but I, I, and like I had my first sexual experiences with women, but in the Midwest, that isn't acceptable. Um, And so I didn't, tell drew about those until we'd been married for a couple of years (laughs) and i was like by the way like and i was kind of like i was you know it's a shameful thing when you're from the midwest and that's not okay and x y and z so i waited until he was tired and ready to go to bed and i went in and crawled into bed and turned off the light so it was pitch black so i couldn't see his face i have like a horrible issue 
with like with sidebar. <laughs> sidebar. <laughs> yeah. With having like I can't see your face, like no body language, no facial expression. So I wait till the lights are off, like, or I'll be like, oh, I'm in the shower. You be on that side of the curtain. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Sorry, that was a squirrel moment. Um. Anyway, so like we're laying there in the dark, and I go. So by the way, I've had sex with women. And he goes, okay. And I was like, how do you feel about that? And he goes, I mean, like, did you film it? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no. And he goes, uh, too bad. Like, (laughs) are you okay with that? He's like, I really don't think that there's a single man alive that would be like, no, I'm absolutely horrified by that. Please keep the vaginas away. Well, but I think that, it, you know, she wanted a different different reaction. No, I expected. You, okay, that's fine. That's, you expected a different reaction that I would be upset or that I'd be... Yeah, no, I'm happy with the reaction I got because now I get to have sex with women too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was worth it to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, but like I just, based on other people's reactions to those types of things, I was like, well, you know what? I've had his babies and I'm married to him. So I uh, should probably get out of the bag. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so, so I'm curious though, how has the jealousy and everything come along? So you, you backing up a bit again, you talked about you close it up and then over the last, it sounds like year or so you had sort of started like, can I flirt? And then when you were doing these steps, like, can I flirt? Can I kiss? Can I, you know, go further than that, but not have sex? Were you actually, each of you pursuing these things or were they just, these are now things that we're allowed to do? Right. Uh, That's a great question. Um, You know, again, each of us, we've kind of been working toward, um, you know, we're talking about couples, we're talking about individuals, you know, Chloe was able to find somebody a little bit more organically. And so I think that that has kind of taken a face toward the, of the, you know, a face of the conversation. Um, however, um, we are definitely talking, you know, as a couple and, and like I said, I'm, I'm out pursuing, you know, individuals as well and with little success, but, uh, you know, at least trying and, and, but it's a great conversation again for the both of us to continue those talks and to find where, we are at with boundaries for each other and for ourselves. And, and, you know, since I, I think that, um, with me, no, there wasn't when I wanted to, when I brought these things up, like, Hey, I want to flirt. I want to be able to kiss. I just love the aspect of organically developing relationships and you can flirt with so many different people. And I have a very flirtatious personality, but, um, you cannot be interested in them sexually, you know? And so like, when I said, like, I want to flirt, like, I don't want to have to fit in this box and I don't feel, I don't do well trapped. I, I feel very trapped in monogamous relationships. Right. And I feel very trapped when I feel like I have to constrain part of who I am. So, you know, when I asked him, can I flirt with people? No, there wasn't anybody in mind, but I wanted to be organic and who I was too. And, um, then, you know, when I said, I want to kiss people, I was flirting with a few different people at that point. Mm. Um, none of which I was kissing, uh, you know, like ready to kiss, but I wanted, if I decided 
to kiss them, I wanted to have that discussion ahead of time. And that's how we decided at the second that thought thought like pops into my mind of, I want to do something. The very next conversation I have is with Drew because, um, I don't want it to be a surprise to him. And I would rather address something 10 months in advance and know where we stand at that time than feel like I'm caught in a situation that I can't enjoy because I am very cognizant that it might cause a problem between me and this person I love. And so, you know, there wasn't anybody for flirting and kissing when there became a time with my friends with benefits, um, that I started, you know, kissing them and everything. Um, then it became, Hey, like when I decided, Hey, I want to take this further. It became, Hey, I've had these thoughts. I would like to talk about this. And it wasn't like, I want to do this now. It wasn't like, I want to do this this week, maybe not this month. I don't know, but, um, I might, and I want to talk to you about it. And I want to express how I feel right now. And then same thing with sex. Do I want to do it right now? No. Um, actually, Drew had suggested going to a swingers club this weekend. And um, I am just not, uh, you know, we have a, a few different activities this weekend. And I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm going to have the energy for it this weekend. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to enjoy it as much because I want to be able to have fun and like be who I am. It was one of those things where, I, I want to express it to him before it happens and talk through it and really develop all of those different things out. And, um, and if we're not okay with something, talk about it. And if we are, feel like we have the freedom to really just, um, experiment and enjoy situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a question. Uh, so, you know, it's, once in a while you hear about people closing their relationship off again, but it is not as common because I wanted to know do, when you did that and wanted to really like kind of reset where you two were at, did you feel like you had failed at non-monogamy at all? Or did you feel like it was okay in that, in that time at that time? Right. So personally speaking, um, I felt as though, I guess there was a very hard dis discussion for myself within my own mind that, is this something that I can do? Um, um, admittedly, I had struggled with several different aspects. You know, some things went really well, some things, and definitely not so much. And so it was something that I needed to look at for myself and say, I don't know if this is something that I can do or I can deal with or I can handle or... Is this something that, you know, how, how do I adapt? How do, you know, we grow in the, in the ways that we each can be happy, you know, both in or out of the lifestyle, one of us, the other, mm, both. Yeah, how, yeah, it, was, like... it was all very confusing, but I think that um, closing it off, uh, again, the main priority and something that we have always agreed on is it's, it's us first, right? And, and one of the bigger lessons that we had to learn was it's not, you know, it's not her versus me, it's us two versus the problem, right? And it's not, we're not trying to fight each other. We're, we're trying to grow together in the same direction and how we do that. Um, right. Well, we, we like to say like, so kind of a little context, we're on our third marriage because, um, you know, we've 
we've been more than three people, each of us throughout our relationship, but, but each time, um, we got to a point where we really felt that difference. Um, one of us would repropose and we would renew our vows. And so we're right now we're in our third marriage metaphorically. metaphorically. (laughs) Uh, And the thing is, is, you know, for me, when we closed it off, um, part of me didn't, I didn't feel like I failed at non-monogamy, but I feel, I felt like I failed at, um, I failed myself because I wasn't mature enough to practice what I needed to practice in the lifestyle. And again, I reverted back to that 16 year old self and those practices. And I needed to grow individually before I knew that the lifestyle was for me because I knew that I love, I love people. And, um, and so I knew it was for me, but I knew that I had failed myself because the person that I was when we went into the lifestyle had such societal conditioning views on things. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me to break those and to detach what I had been taught versus what I felt. So when I, when we took a break, um, we've taken a break twice now from the Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Um, and, um, each time it was for self-reflection. And Mm -hmm. I think now we're to a point and you can correct me if, if if you think I'm incorrect, but, um, I think that now we're at a point where I don't know if we'll ever like officially close down our marriage again. Right. Um, because like we have in the past, because, um, the first time it happened, uh, I ended up cheating during the, even though we were non-monogamous, we closed down. And during that time I ended up cheating because he wanted to close down. I wasn't ready to leave my partner and I had fallen for my partner. And so I cheated and I had sex with that person and everything um, that I'd been seeing. And um, Drew was heartbroken because we had decided as a couple to close down and he felt incredibly betrayed. And why even have these rules if, you know, whatever. And I, I had to really look at myself. I was like, why did I do that? You know, like what, what the heck? And it became very apparent to me that I wasn't ready to let go of my partner. I was in a relationship that I was good with. And, um, and even though he needed to be closed, I couldn't give that to him, but I was too afraid to say no and expressed to him that I wasn't able to just cut it off because I developed feelings for this person. But I'm curious then, like in one thing that we hear from people a lot of the time is like, if, if either one of them pulls the ripcord and says, okay, we're, we need to step back and close this. They always say, yeah, we, we both have that power to do that. And I guess I'm, I'm curious then like, Drew, do you feel like, that power doesn't exist anymore, right? Because you tried that and it was agreed to, but then it didn't work. No, that's a great question. You know, here's the thing is, again, everybody's different, you know, and and everybody's story is going to be a little different. Everybody, Every way that somebody handles one situation versus the other, they're going to be different, you know? And um, again, through our communication, it, 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 that's exactly the right way to put it. And, and Chloe nailed it. It's like, I, I put the hammer down, right? But that's that's not very fair, in all honesty. I mean, because you, I made that decision for myself, 
And he forced it. And I forced it. And that's, again, that's just a communication error. You know what I mean? Like I said, if we weren't um, capable at that time to, to discuss and to have that communication. Now, here's the thing is if we would have just talked about it and would have continued the conversation further, maybe things would have been, you know, would have been different. Maybe not. I, again, who, who really knows? But if, I guess in my opinion, if a couple agrees on really just lockdown, shutdown, I think that it really should be a mutual decision because if, if, if it is just one person that is deciding for the group, there's nothing that, there's no, that's not a positive. Yeah, because my thing is, and our thing is, you don't control me. And like, I am my own person and I have my own feelings. And yes, I respect you and I want to know your opinions and I want to be considerate of them and take them into account in my decision-making. But at the end of the day, you do not control me. I can do what I please and I will have consequences for those actions. However, like I have to decide if I am willing to live with those consequences or not. And if Drew were to, um, you know, pull a rip cord again, which I don't think would ever happen again, but let's just say he did. Um, at that point I would have a decision to make are is my behavior because he doesn't control me. So if I want to go ahead and do lifestyle stuff and he says, no, absolutely not. Then I have a choice to make. Do I want to, um, go with what he's saying if I don't feel it's right for me and keep our marriage together, even though I would be repressing feelings about how I felt or, um, do I want to act out and um, potentially lose my marriage, but be true to myself? Or do I want to sit there and talk with them and say, like, I want to understand you. I want to see why you're feeling this way. And again, one of the biggest mind fucks we've had was it's not me versus you. It's us versus the problem. And I mean, whether it's laundry or work or lifestyle related, um, any argument fight, um, karate battle we have now, <laughs> like completely us versus the problem. And, you know, we will be arguing about something in the middle that we will say, you know, like, remember, like it's us versus this problem. And, um, it, again, with pulling the ripcord, it works for some people, for us, for me, um, I have a hard time saying, I had a hard time saying no to Drew because he was, you know, he's not a very emotional person and he was crying and he said, I, I need to close this right now. I have to do this. And I said, okay, yeah. Cause like, I mean, there's a person I love like crumbling in my arms, of course, like, yeah. And then the very next time I saw my partner, I kissed him and I was like, and I texted Drew and I was like, so this happened. Um, and he was heartbroken and he was like, I thought we decided. And I'm like, well, we didn't like you did. And I said, okay, because I wasn't strong enough to stand up for myself and that's on me, but I need to learn how to do that. And again, each time we've closed, it's been to self-reflect. And now I wouldn't even say we would close again if we needed self-reflection. It's more that we would 
communicate through that and just say, you know, like for me, this is maybe a non-monogamy or maybe a monogamous month, like, you know, but for you, just because I'm going through something or working through something does not pertain to you. And, you know, I think, and again, so many things mirror, you know, one side versus the other. It's not just one person that gets to make the decision. It's not just one person that always needs to make the changes. It's a group effort. And sometimes again, you know, Chloe says, no, I can't, I, I can't do that. I need to continue. Yeah, no problem. I mean, at, at some point it has to become that communication. Um, that, this, dialogue that dialogue instead yeah. of a hard rule. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's never just a one-way street. Maybe this time it's me. Maybe next time it's her. Maybe next time it's us. Maybe. Well, and then I would like to clarify too, though, we do have a very, a very hard rule that if we are in a couple situation and we are, you know, swapping with another couple and one of us pulls the ripcord in that situation, we get out fast. Like, I mean, there is no if, ands, or buts, there's no conversation, nothing. Because at that point, like if there is something severely wrong in that situation that one of us does not feel good about it, we can talk about it afterwards. And if it was a one person wasn't involved in it or whatever, we can remediate that stuff afterwards. However, like in those situations, there is no, no compromise at all. It is not, you know, wait until I'm done getting mine. (laughs) But like you pull the report, it's done. But it depends overall. Right. Yeah. Again, one, but I want to dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You both went, or one of you mentioned that you have done therapy or been in therapy separately though. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think that, I guess for you two, that was the right choice to do it separately. Do you have any advice for people out there searching for help, I guess, and whether, you know, whether you think it would be beneficial to do it together or separately? That's a great question. Um, Truly, again, everybody needs to work on themselves first, right? So as much as you are in love with your person, as much as you are in love with your soulmate, whoever your partner is, you have to focus on yourself too. And so even at the most rudimentary base or foundation, you have to have that type of self-love. And so for us at that point, um, it was working on ourselves, you know, and we, we continue to work on ourselves. And, you know, if, if we saw somebody together, you know, maybe that would, you know, change some dialogue or open up some windows. But um, again, we are continuing to work on ourselves. And if somebody, um, you know, felt the need to reach out for help, all the power to you. Now, don't ever stray away from an opportunity to progress or to help yourself. So. I would like to answer that question too, if that's okay. Um, of course. But um, so with uh, the reason we chose to do separate is because we had both changed so much after our daughter's death. That we didn't know who individually we were anymore. We were young. We were in our early twenties trying to develop out who these people are when most people are in college partying and having orgies, like mm-hmm. well, apparently most people don't do that. <laughs> we went to different colleges, I guess. Uh, Sounds like, like I went to the wrong college. Yes. <laughs> we were, we were dealing with some very traumatic emotions life, yeah. and, and stuff. And so, um, 
we decided at that point, like we needed individual therapy. And we said, let's, let's work on ourselves for a while. And then we'll start couples therapy. But what we found was that we would do our individual therapy and then we would come together. And it was almost like we did couples therapy at home because we would talk about the tools we use that works for communicating with me and the tools that works for communicating with you and how we can make those work together. And uh, we ended up almost doing couples therapy together mm -hmm. in, in our own, you know, we would have our date nights and we would talk. And after our therapy sessions, we share things with each other and, mm -hmm. you know, any revelations we had and stuff. Um, when, you know, when people, when you asked, uh, you know, if we have any advice for people like that, I think ultimately you have to like, like Drew said, have self-love and be willing to understand who you are, your emotions and take responsibility for your emotions before you can give anything back to that relationship that's beneficial. And, um, in, you know, asking for help, like I, I find it very interesting that people are so willing to, you know, if you can't see the chalkboard in a classroom, you are so willing to ask for help to be able to see that. You're like, give me a prescription to help me see, give me glasses to help me see. But when it comes to emotional health, people would rather just say, I'm jealous and be done with it. They do not want to like say, help me through this, help me understand this, help me take responsibility for this and work through it. And so like, I, I think that therapists are like somebody, I think you should, oh, everyone should have a therapist all the time. Like just go through for it because like the, you having that little black box where you can go and you can be like, my husband's a douche canoe. And like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like murder them in their sleep. Sure. Like you should be able to like, get your little black box and say, you know, the person, the Chloe that I put out at work is professional. Actually, like she's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> I mean, she has this strong, confident persona and the Chloe that I put out to my kids is kind and loving and my friends is fun. But the Chloe that I need to like put all those faces on, like that's exhausting. And so like sometimes I just need to be able to go and sit in my therapist's office and say, you know what? I'm not worried about you respecting me or finding me professional or making sure I'm an amazing parent and I'm, you know, a rock star in bed. Like, no, I'm not looking for any of those different things. I want to vent. And I can a lot of times talk myself through the answers to my problems. My therapist is so cool though. She like tells me, she like, I'll say something and she'll go, what the fuck girl? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like point is, Find somebody who works for you and learn how to talk to yourself first. Yeah. Say, boom, find help. The moral of the story is if you think you need help, it's okay to find help. Even if you don't think you need help. Even like, if you don't need help. That probably needs more. Like, <laughs> because like the ones of us who know we're crazy, like we're, we do a better job of controlling. Maybe. Sweet but psycho up in here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was very, that was very well said, though. That was a great answer to the question. Yeah, we're a little over the top. Sorry. <laughs> no. We. Yeah, we. 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 we yeah. So, so I think, like, I want people. I'm I'm worried that people are thinking that, like, that Drew is that you're stuck because if you 
<laughs> if you were to say, hey, I'm done, like she basically flat out said a minute ago, like, you don't control me. I'm yep. going to do what I want to do. Like, you, you don't you you don't have a fucking choice is what yeah. I heard. For her. For yeah. her, exactly. Yeah. And I and I think people hear that and say, okay, well, that's that's a lot. Well, right? well, because there's the other part of a relationship is there is some compromise sometimes too. Mm-hmm. There is, but I, I'm I'm wondering, and and I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. I'm gonna just take a stab at something. <laughs> when you were when you were crushed because she cheated after you agreed to close it, was it was it because you wanted her to not be with other people or was it just because you thought the agreement had been made and the agreement was broken and and you would have if if you had said hey i want to close our relationship and she said you can close it on your half but i'm i'm not able to do that how would you have responded would you have said well then then we have to be done or Nope, not at all. And and again, I'm so happy to clarify this. This has been a conversation that we've had, of course. <laughs> With you know, several people. Yeah, it's, our, we're not stuck. I mean, here's the thing is, is everything that anybody does is a choice, but it's an individual choice. And again, when, when Chloe says, again, they're very strong and powerful things like, I do what I want. Mm-hmm. I have my choice. That doesn't mean that I don't. Right. I mean, th- I have those same privileges. Like... I choose to make my own choices too. And everything that and has I happened, control him. exactly right. Again. So allow again, bless her heart. Chloe is very uh, outgoing and, and strong willed and, and it's brilliant and beautiful and bombastic and overpowering at, at times too. But again, I, I would offer that that does not mean that I don't hold those same liberties, that I don't have those same choices as well for those of, yeah. You who are listening that hear this, this is not just a one-sided conversation. It never has been and will never will be. Um, and again, to, to that point, one person may be a little bit more outgoing than the other. That's okay. Again, it's about communication. It's about talking. And, and to your question, to your point, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't the point. It wasn't the fact that, you know, things happened or they went wrong. It was that we didn't communicate. That, that you felt betrayed yeah because of the communication and, and it was a lack of communication that caused that mm-hmm. and so that's what hurt the most was that we weren't our best selves we weren't able to get ourselves through that situation yeah, that that's what hurt broken. yeah that's what hurt most was again our inability to communicate our inability to connect to to be able to say what was and what wasn't okay at that time well and, and like i said a lot of people have ask this because I am super outgoing and Drew is much more reserved than I am. If you and couldn't tell. He's much more like, like <laughs> when he when he doesn't like something, he says, that's not my favorite. When I don't like something, I say, fuck that shit. <laughs> and so like we are total opposites. And so people always assume that I forced him into this or that again, that they think I'm out of his league and that he does this to keep me. And um those are real discussions that we've had because when so many people mentioned that to me, I was then concerned, like, is this true? Like, even though he's, you know, he's talked to me and I brought it up to him and I was like, well, can you just tell me honestly, like, is this how you feel? And he said, 
no, not at all. And he said, I do feel like you are expanding my horizons and forcing me to think about things that I've never thought about, such as non-traditionalism. And he goes, and, and you're really opening my eyes to other options. And he goes, and sometimes it takes me a little bit to work through them. He's like, but you've never forced me into anything. When I've cheated on, on you, it wasn't, um, it was never about the fact that, you know, I needed to, you know, something besides you or, um, you know, any of those things, it was my own things. And Drew had his own things too, where like, he would express to me, like, I'm very open about my wrongdoings and stuff like that. He likes to pretend he's perfect. (laughs) Um, Um, But, uh, he, you know, he's had his fair share of, of things that, you know, rubbed me the wrong way too, that I had to work through. Um, but I, I'm one of those individuals though, that like, I, my heart is like the size of the universe and I just love people. And so like when he has these things, even if something hurts my heart, I talk to him about it right away. And I'm like, well, that, that kind of stings because of this. And then I, you know, I'm very quick to say, let me think about this for a little bit. And I think about it, I self-reflect and I come back to it. And whereas like with him, uh, you know, it might take me a day and with him, it might take a couple of weeks. Like I said, it, you know, a month or two or, you know, two and a half years we discussed before we pulled the trigger. And, you know, if one of us said, I can't do lifestyle stuff anymore, um, that's okay. It, our relationship is so much more than sexuality. Mm-hmm. We have built our life together, our home, our children. We do our taxes together. <laughs> like, I mean, it's so much more than where you, what you do with your genitals. And so if Drew came up to me and said, I can't do this anymore. And you, I can't have you doing it anymore either. Um, that would be a discussion. It would not, you know, with every relationship, there is compromise, Mm -hmm. but again, it would not be him versus me. It would be us versus that issue. And that issue is he has something wrong with what's going on right now. And we, as a couple need to attack that issue and see what we can do to help it. And, um, I can be monogamous. I can. And, um, I have been. In the past. In the past, yeah. But um, but at the same token, it's not what makes me feel free. And I'm 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 a wildflower. I describe myself as beautiful chaos. Like I just <laughs> I am a wildflower and he knows that. And he is more than happy to allow me to explore what that means. And sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm so fucking wrong, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, but he allows me to explore that. And that's one of the characteristics I love about him. Just like he also, like whenever he ventures off and does this stuff that hurts my heart or whatever, um, he also takes into account, you know, like the same thing as I, he, 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 said this to me the other day. No, he said, um, I said, um, you really hurt my feelings when you did that. And he said, I'm very sorry your feelings are hurt, but that is not my problem. And I am not going to walk on eggshells to make you feel better. So you need to figure out why that hurt your feelings. And I am going to keep doing 
what I needed to do to make myself feel fulfilled because I don't see there's anything wrong with it. If there's, if the issue is the way I went about it, we can talk about it. If the issue is that I did something that you think I shouldn't be doing, we have a different issue to discuss, but I'm not going to walk around eggshells on you. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I'm, I'm so, I was like, I was mad, but I was like, fuck you. And I walked away. <laughs> and then we came back and talked about it and stuff. But he's amazing at saying like, I'm so sorry your feelings are hurt right now, or I'm so sorry that you want to stab me in the throat, but like, that's not my fucking problem. Like deal with your own shit. So. <laughs> yeah. Or I think it's the, 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 it's almost not that it's, that it's not your problem. It's that what that person was doing in the moment was what they needed for them. Yeah. And, yes. and that they didn't feel that what they were doing they wouldn't have done it if they thought it was going to hurt the other person. Right. And there's, right. There's never an intention to hurt anybody else. It's just, uh, again, at that time, that's maybe what we needed, you well, know? And yeah. yeah. Was, well, that, that's the, the one thing that we, yeah, that we always try to remember too, is that always have your, assume uh, good intent. Uh, yes. Always assume your partner has good intent. So right. whatever they do, they're not trying to like hurt you. But they they may end up hurting your feelings, and then you talk about it, just like you said. And then it's a discussion, well, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what, you know, like I said, not, we don't do ultimatums anymore um, because that's just not fair to the other person. But, and, you know, we talk about, like, I'm super like, yeah, independent woman, y'all don't control me kind of deal. But, like, at the same token, though, um, his his perceptions of things, his truths, his um, feelings matter to me so much. And they have such an impact on me because I respect and value him. And so after our discussions, I might realize like, oh, that's not something I really want to do, knowing that this would upset this person I love so much. And, um, you know, it sounded really great in my head, but it's just not like, I would never want to do something that would cause that effect. And again, like it's my choice. I choose if I want that consequence, but he helps me see his point of view and I help him see mine. Absolutely. Well, we've been through a lot. (laughs) We have a lot. I know. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, but for the sake of not having this be a five hour podcast, well, I, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't even care because I feel like <laughs> this is like, I know, I know the conversation. I mean, the stuff that you two have worked through and the approach you take to it, I think there will be a lot of people who think like, no way that's fucking crazy. And, and that's all right. Right. But like, you know, and they'll hear stuff like, well, it's not my problem. And they'll, they might misconstrue that to mean you just don't care about each other's feelings, which is, which is the absolute opposite of that. It's the, like, we have each other's best interest in heart. You may make mistakes, right? If you, you, you cheat on somebody or you misstep and then you, you have to step back and figure that out. But like, you, you do have each other's best interest in heart and you're, navigating this together and like you've said a hundred times it's like you two versus the world and i think i think that's the message that like we could all take from this right yes no i love that i like it's you two versus the problem and or whatever the issue and and that is huge and i I don't think i've actually like i've heard that similar 
said, similarly said, but not exactly like that. I say it to you all the time. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, um, like, again, we were best friends before we started dating. And so our relationship goes a lot deeper than just, um, you know, an intimate relationship. And that's why, again, we have just so much respect and love and kindness and compassion towards each other that besides the throat stabbing, um, <laughs> but that, um, <laughs> that, you know, it's almost like, it's funny when people from the outside looking in are like, oh my gosh, Chloe's so abrasive. And he just, you know, happy wife, happy life kind of deal. And um, it's just so not us, but it's it's funny to us when people assume that. And even your mom was like, uh, um, she knows, you know, everything and stuff. And it was so funny because I had asked her, I said, what do you think about that? She was like, girl, whatever makes you guys happy. And I was like, do you think I forced your son into this? And she was like, oh, no, I know my son, and I know you couldn't force him to do shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And and again, you know, capitalizing or summarizing what we really would have for a message is it's, it's you too, right? I mean, don't let anybody else define or, or three to or four. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but you're you know we have been approached so many times again in different consequences with different criticisms you know is does she make you do this or are you sure he's okay with that or is she over xyz who whatever the con you know the criticism is you don't know that nobody knows us like we know us what happens behind closed doors is a whole different yeah. truth than the rest of the world gets to see. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, that's wonder- wonderfully said. And I, I feel like we could continue talking for hours, but it is late. We should probably, I mean, who knows? Maybe Finn usually says this, but maybe, maybe we'll we could it. have you guys back on <laughs> another round, an update later on. Whatever works for you guys. Yeah. Willing to talk to us again. <laughs> I'm kind of like rated R with the language. Yeah, I'm a sailor, but. Um, well, good thing is that this we, podcast is. We mark it explicit. Just yeah, for it's that totally reason. fine to use whatever language you want. <laughs> don't listen to it with my kids. I know you guys always say that, but they're a little too young still. Yeah. Give them another two to three years. They'll be ready. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you got to get yeah. them to at least four, then they can start doing, yeah. like, all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. They'll, they'll come to the clubs, you know. We were just talking, and I, we'll let you go, but this was, <laughs> we were just talking with our friends the other night, um, and they've got a three-year-old, and she started using the phrase, let's go fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> like, come on, guys. Instead of, come on, guys, she goes, let's go fuckers. <laughs> so, it's pretty amazing, and... Uh, <laughs> And it's so innocent. They don't even, they don't understand, you know, it's oh. just their verbiage, you know? Yeah. 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 So brilliant. I I encourage that. <laughs> but, well, I think, I think if anybody listened to this and didn't come away wild, they've got problems. Or at least with something to think about. Yeah. So we, we truly thank you for your time and for sharing everything very candidly. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's been amazing. 
thank you so much for having us on. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. No, yeah. it's our pleasure. Well, we will do it again for sure, and we will let you get some sleep. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Hey, All thank right. you. Yeah, okay. good night. We're back. Second take on the outro. Because <laughs> Finn wouldn't stop talking. I just talked myself into a little corner. <laughs> and it was, it was fucking lonely in there. <laughs> You're all by yourself. Okay, thank you to Chloe and Drew. We always appreciate when our guests come on and are vulnerable with us. I mean, oh, everyone is, but we can't thank them enough for sharing such a powerful story. Yeah, and if you got inspired and you want to share your story, you can always reach out to us or shoot us some feedback on Chloe and Drew. I'm sure they would love to hear your thoughts, and we always forward feedback along to the guests. Yes, we do. With that in mind, what do we got? We got a special Monday. Monday. Whoa, tone it down. (laughs) Another Monday episode coming up um, that will be with a woman named Kathy, who's an author and couples counselor. Or actually, she does singles too, I'm assuming. Singles. (laughs) Couples, singles, triads, quads. She's a therapist. She's a therapist in the poly space. And yeah, she's authored a a few of the books that people have actually mentioned as resources on our show. So we're super excited to have her story. And uh, Stay tuned on Monday for that one. Monday. Monday. And then we'll also have one on Wednesday. Normal episode Wednesday. Anyway. <laughs> we should stop. Some some things to remember. Uh, lots of meet and greets happening this month and also a Q&A. So check out our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And um, we'll see you in a few days. Yeah. And maybe we'll uh, post a picture online of the luck dragon we're house sitting for. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think we can do that. I think we can do that, too. All right. We'll blur, we'll blur his face. <laughs> Protect his privacy. <laughs> All right. We will see everybody in a couple of days. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening.